Welcome aboard our vessel. I'll be your captain. Join me and my trusty ally, the cook, as we set sail through our relationship with music, film, literature, and everything in between, as well as our ongoing exploration into mental health and well-being. Anchors up. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas means the cats left the building. Yeah. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas. I mean, yeah, it's Christmas Day. What a treat. We're here together Seeing on you Christmas, on Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. like, can we open the presents for Nora now? Nope, nope. I am busy. We're <laughs> half a bottle of port down. It's half eight in the morning. We're about to get divorced. Yeah. What, us? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, ha happy Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, how's it? Well, it's, it's been busy, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, it's Christmas parties, changing stuff, you know, getting presents ready, getting everything sorted, and now it's like, almost a bit of time to breathe, I think. Yes. On, well, it's busy Christmas day, but just, oof, okay. Yeah. I think it's like, the whole, I do like the build up mm. the week before. I've, I've, I think I said last in the pot, I love Christmas Eve. That's my favourite day of the period of time. It's the most important in most countries. Is it? Well, they do like a lot more on Christmas Eve rather than the build up. For some reason, we just start in September yeah. over here. But it is, yeah, sort of Christmas Eve is right. That's when we start, you know, and do a lot more ah. things. So, yeah, and, you know, I've, I've always liked Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's just you know, that, like, you've kind of like got to a position where if you've got anything now, tough. Mm. Yeah, you know, like normally people like I go to the pub, or somebody mm -hmm. might get together with family, might in they, or just settle down in their own house with their children or whatever. Um, we go to the pub. We go to Tiny Rebel on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve this year. We did go. Did go. I know it's fine. They got to try and do like shooting around now. And yeah. Like, yesterday I went. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I just love that, and I like I yeah. normally you know I I will have gone into Cardiff as well to do some last minute job. Mm. Even if I don't buy anything, yeah, I just like, like to go in do, yeah, yeah. on my own. And yeah. I, I go, and, go and have a pint after, you know, mm. I go in early and it's actually yeah. not too bad. Um, go and have a pint early and then I normally get the train just come back, mm. you know, um, and that's just something I've sort of done for a little while. But yeah, it's a nice time of year. It is a nice time of year. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so like I said in the last episode, it's a, it's a bit of a poignant one. Yes. I'm going to be talking about hell of a story yes hell of a life yeah um should you get going we gotta try and do it justice we do <laughs> McCormack and Richard Talbot are singing by the bed. There's a glass of punch below your feet and an angel at your head. There's devils on each side of you with bottles in their hands. You need one more drop of poison and you'll dream of foreign lands. I don't know, I just think for someone who was described as a punk poet, yeah, it's quite a... The opening lines of the opening song of an album just kind of covers almost everything about him yeah, in some ways, you know, and his use of alcohol and things like that. Interestingly, McCormack and Richard Talbot are famous um, tenors. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, oh, who are they? Yeah, so it's sort of having the opera singing. That's it, you know, okay. That in there, but... Good intro. Thank you. It's a good start. I mean, we're talking... Obviously, it was in the news recently. It's also... It's Christmas Day. Um, so, you know, we thought we'd talk about the person who recently left this world and moved on. Um, I say the writer of the best Christmas song ever, but writer mm -hmm. of just great songs in general. is Shane McGowan. So, I mean, obviously, 
you know, when I was growing up, I remember, because my nan Bamp used to read The Sun, yeah. he'd be in and out of the paper now and again, and he was just derided, basically. They t- well, they took the piss out of him, didn't they? You know, like, in terms of how his teeth looked, how he yeah. looked, his alcoholism, um, his struggles with drugs and things like that. And he was, you know, defined by that at times. Mm. Whereas, actually, I think now we've had a period of being able to reflect. People like me were fans anyway, but more people are probably finding his music now again. Um, and realizing, like you said, a punk poet, yeah, you know, what is exactly what he was. But I mean, for him, you know, proud Irish. Remember, he's actually born in Leafy Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, his mum, I think, his dad. Sorry, his dad's sister lived in London, so he'd come over for work opportunities, as many Irish people have done, um, you know, for many years. Um, so his mum was a award-winning singer, I believe, as well, in her okay. own right. So you would have yeah. heard her singing um, the traditional Irish songs, mm-hmm. um, which would have had a massive influence. Um, school wasn't obviously really for him, mm. um, but he did uh, put a poem into a Daily Mail competition or Daily Mirror competition, which ended up winning him almost like a scholarship to Westminster School. Mm. So you can't even imagine Shane McGowan in that Going school. In that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was introduced to this club um, and it was like he'd become the head torturer of a torture club, which he liked mm. that. So I think new students coming in, they would, you know, they would pick on them a little bit yeah. and bully them. Um, but then he got caught smoking a ciggy outside the school so the teacher said to him leave and he took that literally and just mm. left school tried yeah. art school didn't work but then at this point punk kicks off in London yeah. and he basically absorbs all of that punk scene he goes to, he basically follows the sex pistols round mm-hmm. he's in and out pictures in NME magazine as a, just as someone in the crowd in basically there. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then he starts to write I think there was a few different bands that he had um, before he got to the Pogues um, and that's probably where will then start because they, he said he couldn't believe that other people weren't doing what he decided to do with the Pogues, which was bring back almost traditional folk style music, yeah. but modernise it yeah. effectively. So you were just taught, I think that's the opening song off Rum Sodomy and the Lash, yes. which is their second album, yeah. but it was the one that sort of was the award winning acclaimed. Yeah. And Elvis Costello produced that. Mm. Um, and obviously then with the fame came the money, the drugs and all of that. But I think the upbringing is interesting, isn't it? The, what they call it, the Irish diaspora, is it? Where they, you know, come over, find work, um, but then obviously get picked on for being mix or paddies yeah. and things like that. Must have been a tough upbringing, you know, flitting between Ireland and mm. England. But I don't know where you want to start, mate. You've been doing a bit of digging in as well. Yeah, and it's, I think, like you said, it's the, it's the identity and obviously with the Irish nationalism yeah. growing up in England and, you know, in the 50s, it was that, teetering on the edge teetering yeah. you know trying to find his voice but also linking you know i mean there is the english irish which way do i go but then also whilst you were just sort of describing him and how the media portrayed him and the fact then that he followed the sex pistols is almost very similar to johnny rotten yeah yeah you know and how the media, yeah. media portrayed him you know even with yeah. teeth you know yellow teeth and the hair and yeah. just looking wild and that side but yeah it's it almost seems like there was not necessarily the cancel culture, but he was constantly fighting the battle of yeah. people saying, nope, we're not going to play songs. Nope, we're not going to do that. Um, I didn't realise, so the Pogue's initial name was Pogue Mathon. That's right, yeah. Or Pogue which, Mahone, isn't it? Yeah, Mahone, which is basically yeah. like, yeah, kiss my ass. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I there was some, I, don't, I can't remember the name, but there was somebody who said, change the name. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get you going, you know, which is where then the Pogue's came in. You know, and I didn't even know like the links with with Costello. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and so that cool. bit, I was like, what? What's going on? And then, interestingly, 
Fairy Tale of New York actually came from a challenge. That's right, by Elvis. Elvis wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who said, I bet you can't write a Christmas song. Yeah. So I get the sense Shane McGowan's someone who, if you challenge him, like if you challenge yeah. him to down three pints, he'd no, yeah, just do it. Bang, bang, bang. No worries at all. You know, he, he'd just take on anything and, and go for it. And that's all comes across with some of the themes he sung about yeah. as well. And just, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to sing about it. Yeah. If you don't like it, that's your, you know, whatever. So obviously Streets of Sorrow, Birmingham 6. Yes. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> pretty controversial, but it was banned. Yeah. You know, the, so the song was banned over, by British commercial TV and radio, literally looking to silence it. Yeah, that's you know, it. And to say, well, no, you can't, we're not going to hear those years. We don't, but that's the whole process of punk yeah it is, is yeah. we need to conform you know, no, even yeah. now with pussy right it's like yeah. we need to say these yeah. things you might not like it but you need to hear what's going on what's happening i don't know you know i mean it's thinking ahead whether there are songs or whether there are songs about the current going and on sort of in the middle east yeah you know or, for sure. yeah and things yeah. and whether we're not as thinking, exposed to world music no also. but yeah, it's like yeah. are there bands that are thinking oh we need to write about this yeah but then how quickly can you be cancelled? Absolutely. You know, I know Green Day do a lot around like the song of Moses, American Dream is Killing Me. You know, yeah. They do a lot about that, how it is to be an American, the stereotypical side. But yeah, so obviously, you know, going back to, I guess, to the post. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I think you just hit on some good points there. I think like he was um, absolutely adverse to media. Um, his biographer was quoted as saying, following Shane around and trying to write about his song songwriting process because everyone wants to know because he's described he's literally described as genius mm. right they said yeah. he is like a poet basically yeah. he's like um, it, it was almost like he said he was like observing wildlife yeah. I'd have to spend hours with him to get hopefully a little tidbit on mm -hmm. what because the Crocker Gold documentary which I recommend everyone watches mm. on the BBC at the moment on the iPlayer um, it's, it's the authorised one so it's basically him reflecting back on his life um, and there's a bit at the start where a, a woman, they're in a pub, mm. and a woman saying to him, like, um, he's like, put some music on. And like, and she goes, oh, wouldn't it be better, Shane, if we wait till after we've done the recording? She goes, put some fucking music on now, I won't talk to you. Mm. And it's like, I can imagine that chill in the room. Yeah. I do think as well, for his, you know, with the, with the media, so that's an authorising, he can tell his story, mm. but he was typically adverse to like press and stuff like yeah. that. And you know what happens if you don't play the press's game? They turn on you, yeah. right? And it's funny with, like you said, like the links to Johnny Rotten and stuff as well, like how they saw punk as a threat to the, the norm, a way of life, so they deride it. Whereas yeah. if you think of Johnny Rotten, and he's got controversial views, I don't agree with everything he says, mm. um, but back then, and the same with Shane McGowan, and Nick Cave, other punk sort of writers, was they're very well-read, yeah. very intelligent, right? Mm -hmm. Very quick. So it's almost like, I don't need to play your game yeah. because you can't play my game, yeah. basically. And that's why I think with Shane McGowan. He's always like, I'm too clever for you. Mm. You can see it sometimes when he's told me. Some, it was um, Bobby Gillespie from Primal Scream on the documentary yeah. says something about, tell me about moving to London, why moved to London. He's like, I don't want to fucking talk about that again. And Bobby's like, Lena, <laughs> just takes a drink. He goes, well, we won't talk about it then, Shane. He's obviously known him for years, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but I did sense, I don't know if you got this from him as you go through, he broke his pelvis, didn't he? When he, yes. he was drunk and he fell yeah. over, so he was in a wheelchair towards the end of his life. And I don't know if there's a lot of frustration in there. Mm. He's watching the world go on, yeah, and he can't do, and anything, he can't about do it. anything about it. Yeah, I don't know how you yeah. feel. Yeah, and it is you no, know, and it's like his. You've said his characteristics, and there's an article in the Guardian about someone say about an interview he had with him and trying to battle through, and all Shane McGowan was given was just random noises. Yeah, yeah. Literally, he just wouldn't engage, wouldn't engage. Yeah. Um, you know, like 
he broke down slowly, but he didn't really talk much. Yeah. And then um, he's written, he said that 11 o'clock at night, it was Victoria, so Shane's wife gave him yeah. a call. And he said he wants a word. He said, Shane, I want to ask you a question. Just want to know if you have faith. And he told him, you have faith in people, not so much in a God. I thought that finally we were going to talk. So he said to Shane McGowan, what about you? And Shane McGowan said, no, I just want to know about you. God bless him, hang up. Yeah. You know, when he, yeah. that's, it sounds stupid, but that's probably the most you get out of yeah. it. You know, it really opens up that he took, you know, he clearly made a connection with this, this yeah, person to ring and just say that, I just, actually, we spoke a lot of it. I just want to know this about you. Yeah. Specific. You know, just want to know this it. one thing. Yeah. Like, thanks, cool. Right, Move I'm off on. them. Yeah. I think it's, um, he's just one of those people who was born with talent. I think he said they call uh, songs and tunes ears. Mm. So he said, we call a tune an ear. Because he said, basically, all the songs ever written and all the melodies he's ever written are floating out there. Yeah. He said, they're waiting for you to reach up and pluck them down. So he's like, I pluck the ones I want before someone else takes them. Yeah. And I was like, that's a beautiful that's way really, of putting yeah, it. Because yeah. when I started like in COVID writing, and we've shared some stuff on old pods for people who are newer, um, I still write now. Mm. Um, it's funny how when you connect to something that you then go, oh, I can make that right. I can think it through and get it down. But obviously all the, everyone's used probably every word before. Yeah. It's just finding new ways to rhyme in a it's different rhyming, context yeah. and things like that. But I picked another one. I was listening on the train, just come back from Birmingham. And then... Um, just, we could go through loads, but I just, there's certain things that sort of, sort of stuck with me. So this one's from Streams of Whiskey. Um, and it's one of the verses in there is, oh, the words that he spoke seem the wisest of philosophies. There's nothing ever gained by a wet thing called a tear. When the world is too dark and I need the light inside of me, I'll walk into a bar and drink 15 pints of beer. Mm. And it's like, he grew up in pubs. Yeah. Now I connect with that because my, my dad will tell you, I spent a lot of time in pubs growing up mm. because we'd go over together on a Sunday afternoon. I'd go and kick a ball around in the function room, whatever. Didn't drink, no. but I'd just be there and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, that's why I still enjoy them now. Yeah. Loads of people, it's you know, comfort, around. It's family, yeah. that sort of, You loved yeah, working in the bar, didn't you? Yeah. You having the chats with people yeah. thing. And I think that's why, I genuinely think that's why he's such a good writer. I mm. think you hear so many stories in a pub, whether they're true or false, yeah. right? But if you tune into them, he had a way then of pulling out what people said and describing it down. But people do find camaraderie, don't they, in pubs and like public spaces, you yeah. know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, there's times, I know you've said like times where you've gone away and just end up just talking to somebody. Yeah. You've been in the pub on your yeah. own, you know, just yeah. chilling. Somebody will kind of start talking to you. And I've had, you know, the same places I go and you do, you find, you link with people. Yeah, you make you the connections. But yeah. obviously building on pubs, we can't really not talk about the alcohol use, oh, of course. the smoking. And actually that, that was him, you know, that was yeah. part of his persona. And the question is that if he was sober, would you have had as much from him, you know, what do you with think? the creative wisdom? I mean, well, I guess the question is, would he have been as unfiltered? I don't think Did he would he have. Did he drink actually? You know, it releases your inhibitions. It does. So you can start challenging things. You can start standing up against things and stuff. And although then it, obviously caused the rift within the pokes yeah, you know, with his performances course. I think it was Japan yeah that's right and he just smashed on Saki then didn't yeah. he on a train <laughs> yeah it's, I'm laughing because it's just, that's his way of dealing with it yeah. you know right F you mm. sorry we've sworn a little bit on this I should have caveated that but that's what he brings out it's almost like F you I'm going to get on a train and he got introduced to Saki yeah. So he's loving it. So obviously, rather than just have a couple of sakis, as you, he's always going through a bottle mm. and then got the other side and fell off and knocked himself out when he yeah. got off the train the other side. But I don't know. I Going back to your point about alcoholism, mm. look, 
if I look back on the things I've wrote over th the three-year period, mm -hmm. there's times where I've wrote where I've got in from the pub. There's times I've wrote on my phone when I've been walking on. I've looked back at it and I remember doing it, but like, oh, yeah. I would never, ever have written like that. Yeah. I do think as well, you've, it, it releases, like you said, inhibitions, but almost that care. Mm -hmm. Because obviously a lot of the songs are going to reference people he spent times in his life with. Yeah. And that's what they say writers have to be. My mum was talking about this the other day. You have to kind of be quite selfish. People are going to listen and know, God, that's about me. Mm. Or that's about the night we went out on yeah. the piss or yeah. like we had an argument or whatever. So I don't think he would have been the same. And to me, the Pogues are our kind of band where... Remember when we were in Liverpool, right? And you had the band, the, the mm. guys singing at the back. Yeah. That's where I'd like to see the Pogues. Mm. You sit in the pub and they just pick up the instruments. Yeah. He's got that voice for it where they just start singing songs. It's mm -hmm. pub music and it's yeah. stomp your feet music. It's Irish culture. Irish as culture. Well. You know, you go into an Irish bar, you know, you mm. go to Belfast, Dublin, or you know, anywhere in mm. Ireland, you walk in and nine times out of ten, there will be someone with a guitar, yeah. a fiddle, and someone singing. You know, and they do, they sing, you know, the ditties, they sing their bits. Yeah. And, you know, that was a big thing that he wanted to do was blend yeah. the Irish folk, which people were seeing as of its time. Yeah. And then actually think, how can I reintroduce it? Well, here's this new punk sound. Yeah. Let's merge the two and let's go for it. And it's influence, you know, I'll touch on now, like, listening to it, I'm like, I can hear Flogging Molly, I can yeah. hear Dropkick Murphys, yeah. you know, all of those sort of more American, like Boston-based American yeah. bands, but you can just see where it's the Irish influence music, of the Pogues yeah. and that has just come from. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think, um, yeah, I, I love it. Like, I was, I was, I always, I dip in and out the Pogues regularly anyway. It's just like one of those, especially Rum Sodomy and The Lash. It's just such a, like, a good album. Mm. And like I've said, I think I've mentioned it on the pod before, if I hear a fairy tale in New York, I'll be careful where I am because... Yeah. Like, especially in a pub, it just makes me sad. Mm -hmm. But it also is, it's, it's more of an honest Christmas song, isn't it? About the hope, the br drinking leading to a breakup. Mm. You have dreams, then they go. You know, that's just part of life. Yeah. Because I think he was saying about happiness. So, you know, you don't, you can't have happiness forever. It just comes for a bit and then it goes and then it comes back again. Mm. You know, so I think what drinking does, you know, not I can, you know, condone it, but we do have a drink, don't we? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, but I think when you go out and, and drink, you do. You get more sentimental. Mm -hmm. You connect. You look a bit more inward. Yeah. You probably find things that you didn't like about yourself. They come to the surface, mm -hmm. you know, and you have to deal with them. Mm -hmm. Like so, yeah. I thought I don't think you'd have been the same, but he was also drinking from a very young age, wasn't he? I think five, five, yeah. and then eight on whiskey. Yeah, I think, to sort of help sleep with Guinness initially, and yeah. then it was from there. So he, he, you'll develop a tolerance from that age. I mean, like you look at people. I think they were saying before that, like. You know, people who've won Nobel Prizes for literature would look, have looked at him in the past and been jealous of the like mm. the sort of pull that he has. I mean, yeah. he was friends with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, famous singer himself. Yeah, he um, was at his wedding one, I think. Yeah, his yeah. funeral. Yeah. yeah. So, funny enough, as well, Johnny Depp is um, was good friends with Hunter S. Thompson, the favourite okay, Gonzo yeah, journalist yeah, yeah. and writer, mm. who was also a, a monumental drinker. So, there's obviously a little bit of a pattern yeah. there. But I think Johnny Depp played guitars on one of his Pope's albums mm. when he left the Pogues. Okay. Um, Nick Cave, he sung some songs yep. with Nick Cave. Sinead O'Connor, mm -hmm. he sung Haunted. Who also the link, obviously, you know, I know we talk about Eminem and Elton John, so mm -hmm. Sinead O'Connor phoned the police on Shane McGowan for That's use right. of heroin. I think he said that was the first time he'd been, I guess, called out by mm -hmm. someone. It was a bit of an eye-opener for, hold on. Yeah. That's, and isn't that funny? In, like, when we dipped into Sinead O'Connor, when we mm -hmm. did that like episode on her, that seems like something she would do. Yeah. She was quite a fearsome person, and yeah. I think she would just call you out mm. on stuff. We we listened to the Blind Boy podcast with her, didn't we? And yeah. She was talking things through. Yeah. And she's quite, she was quite like, 
straight talking, yeah. weren't she? But again, she obviously cared for him. Mm. You know, he was friends like Michael Higgins, the Irish president, mm-hmm. um, Jerry Adams, obviously famously for, from, you know, trying to get support for Irish independence, um, total Irish de- independence. So he knew a lot of people and people sort of flocked to him, which is funny, isn't it? Because I've already talked about, he could be difficult. Yeah. Like, you know, but obviously there was something about him that allured people. Mm. Maybe it was just the fact that he was great at what he did. And people like to spend time around those kind of people. Yeah. But I can't imagine having a drink with Shane. It might be fun, but it wouldn't be easy. No. Like that, that you, said, you know, the conversation. If you say the wrong thing, yeah. he seems a tall person who just, right, okay, I'm off then. <laughs> or, wow, well, I actually know he'd say, right, you're off then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're, stay you're stupid. And yeah. you, you just go, you know, you wouldn't be able to challenge no. that easily unless... Like, you know, maybe he had that relationship with Sinead O'Connor and it probably yeah. takes a lot of time, you know, maybe some familiarity and history and what yeah. we've been through um, two massive losses this year. Exactly, mate. Yeah, for Ireland as well in particular, yeah. you know, massive. I mean, what was really nice was obviously the scenes from both of their funerals. Mm. Um, but I was looking back at some of the clips from um, from Shane's and just the marching bands playing his music, yeah. streets full. I think he would have liked that. Mm. You know, I think he would have looked at that and liked it. Um, but it's just, I think for us, you know, it is Christmas Day today, or you might listen to it over the next week or whatever. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was born on Christmas Day. So mm. happy birthday, Shane, yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, so, um, which I think is just perfect mm. that like he was born on Christmas Day and then he went on to write as off a challenge, I think the best Christmas song ever. Some people can challenge me on that, but yeah, and I know there's a big push for it to get to number one. Yeah, because it didn't make it to number one. But then I also wonder, I wonder if he wanted to. I know, you know, or whether he. But well, well, he got sick sod- of it, didn't he? Yeah, he well, got sick yeah, of it. Well, it's actually Sodom. You know, they didn't yeah. want it then. So yeah. why should why should it happen now? I think yeah. I absolutely go back. I mean, we always say this, you know, but particularly with people like Shane, because of his how poetic he is. You can honestly read some of his lyrics, right, mm. without listening to the music, and it's like reading a short story, isn't it? Yeah. Like how he describes. And you will. I always think of Dirty Old Town. Mm. Like when you hear that, such a good song. And he's like, "I met my love by the gasworks walls." You can literally just see him like leaning against, see someone leaning against a wall. Girl comes over. Yeah. It's so vividly painted. But is there anything you wanted to, you know, close on? No, I think. Well, it's in when I looked at um, sort of the lyrics and lyrics fairy tale of New York. There's, I think, there's just one line that almost sums it up and it's at the very early on it's an old man said to me won't see another one yeah good finish reindeer corner I was Vixen Vixen (laughs) I was Rudolph sound Donna. Ah! Is it Donna? Yeah, yeah. Cupid. Did I do Cupid? No, I didn't do no. Cupid. Sorry. Ooh, lover, lover. Blitzen. I'll smash you back now! <laughs> oh, is there other ones? I think I've gotten some. Donna, Dancer. Dancer and Prancer. Dancer and Prancer, how do they sound together? Dancer and Prancer. Disco Inferno. Ooh, baby, ooh. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, just go on. God, I did that. If anyone thinks we script any of this, <laughs> we don't. Uh, so, I can't remember the last time we did. Oh, it was Halloween, one day. It was facts and yes. jokes. So, do we're doing the same again. And I think I found, <laughs> I discovered the best 
title for a site so it's 101 funny Christmas jokes you'll be in stitches over oh, it's a good start it is a good start right. is that one of your jokes yeah why not <laughs> go on then give me a joke how did Scrooge win the soccer game I don't know the ghost of Christmas past oh <laughs> I like that one <laughs> right tradition in Norway hiding broomsticks hmm. um, so from a stay in the world's uh, most northerly town to sleeping in the bucket list snow hotel, a winter break to Norway is packed full of unique and extraordinary experiences. But for something wholly out of the ordinary, in Norway there is the somewhat terrifying tradition of hiding all the broomsticks in the home on Christmas Eve to prevent mm. witches and evil spirits from stealing them. That's it. Oh, wow. The Norwegians, <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Why would they go on Christmas? They're done in there. Oh, I don't know. Uh, what's green covered in tinsel and goes ribbit ribbit? Oh, I don't know. A mistletoe. <laughs> as soon as you started saying it, I knew the answer. Uh. Um, okay, so um, where was this one? I like this one. So in Romania, it's apparently a fascinating country to visit at any time of the year. But if you're there on Christmas Eve, you might catch the sight of men dressed as goats called capra walking through the streets accompanied by singers. The traditional garments worn by the capra are brightly coloured with a wooden goat mask and sheepskin on the back. In some areas, this lively tradition is undertaken on New Year's Eve, but whenever you get to watch it, it certainly makes for an authentic experience. So you've got, in Wales, Halloween with a pig. Yes, chasing And then the over here, as a goat. Did you hear about Rudolph's roller coaster ride? No. He held on for dear life. <laughs> Last one from me. This is titled Giving Treats to the Christmas Mummers in Latvia. In Latvia, mummers roam the streets during Christmas time, but what are mummers, we hear you cry. What are mummers? <laughs> Sorry, I, I missed my cue. <laughs> Again. A tradition in a number of Northern Hemisphere countries, even in some parts of the UK. Mummering is when, stop it, is when groups get together dressed in disguise, going from house to house during the 12 days of Christmas. In Latvia, these masked processions are rooted in tradition and known as kakatas. And although they started to disappear in the 19th century, they've had something of a revival since the 1970s. A kind of moving social gathering, the group dressed in masks, depicting animals or more macabre figures like death and living corpses, are offered food and drink at the houses they visit and are often invited inside for treats in exchange for a dance or performance. <laughs> if, however, the individual is recognised underneath the costume, then they have to remove the outfit. <laughs> Can we do it? No. Let's go around the cul-de-sac now. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Aaron, make me take my outfit off. <laughs> Last joke. I know, I know. There's a lot of pressure. Oh, I'll, I'll just go with this one. Um, how much did Santa pay for his sleigh? I don't know. Nothing, it was on the house. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> They'll do. Okay, thanks child. Yep, nice one. We're gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna set this, Sarah does this every year. Mm -hmm. So we, we have regular donations to charities that we support, um, but we're gonna set ourselves. Yep. And I had a letter through from the Salvation Army the other day and we donated toys to the, Salva the Salvation Army a few weeks ago. But um, it doesn't take much mm. to make a big difference, does mm -hmm. it? And you mm -hmm. know that work in charity, yeah. don't you, for sure. Yeah. So what yeah. are we doing? I, I think we should just donate. 
Donate. Donate to a charity yeah. <clears throat> of our choice. Something I used to do, well, it kind of was a tradition. I used to, when I was in town, mm. like one time before Christmas normally, I'll buy like a meal deal and give it to somebody. Oh, yeah, good like, show. You know, someone who's on the streets and think, you know, or just pass by, you know. And yeah, I think, well, just for everyone, you know, it is a time of goodwill. Giving. You know, and yeah. everything. Um, yeah, so, you know, whatever you donate is clothes, will make an impact whether yeah, it's clothes whether it's money food. whether it's your time yeah you know and going and helping out in kitchens and things like that um yeah so we will both make a donation to a charity and don't forget tesco's or wherever you are like that they normally buy an extra tin yeah stick it in the food bank thing yeah. honestly like you'd be surprised the difference it makes mm. so donate give it yeah. what you can And I uh, hope everyone enjoyed. Obviously, a bit of a bit of a Christmas special. Yeah. Last one of twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, we'll we'll be back in the new year. I want to say, obviously, yeah. Shout out to everyone who's engaged because I've done a few Christmas polls yeah. and going through things. So, and I will say, congratulations to the winning film. You know, I think the film was well deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, naturally, if I work, stuff like that. I think it's noting that Christmas isn't easy for everybody. No. So. There may be some people you might just want to send a text to, yeah. you know, or pick up the phone, as we always say, knock yeah. the door. Um, you know, there's a lot of... Send a voice note. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of pressure around Christmas to feel Christmassy. And I, I was saying, yeah. leading up, I don't feel it. And there's a lot of expectation to do this, do that. But for some people, they might not celebrate it. It might be a hard time. Um, you know, so I encourage, like, when you've listened to this, also just take a moment to pause yeah. at Christmas because it is a very busy period. It's non-stop. And actually just pause and just remember. Yeah. You know, remember things that have happened, achievements you made, those who aren't with us anymore, yeah. you know, poignant moments. But yeah, also, you know, where you can, just enjoy. Enjoy Christmas. Take time some with time. Family, time with friends. Doing what you want. Very well said. We don't need to yeah. add to that, mate. So until 2024, it's a trial from me. Trial from him. <laughs>